Welcome to episode six of the forty-two oh five spoiler cast. Is it really episode six this time? It no no. <laughs> episode six. <laughs> All right. Featuring Stranger Things. Yep. Season two. Dose. Do. It's the 80s. Your favorite time. Yeah. My favorite time to be nostalgic about. Well, okay. <laughs> That's a weird sentence. Nah, really, if you think about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the continuation of the immensely popular hit from last year, the Netflix show Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. The direct continuation. One year later. 300 and some days later. 326. <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> so at the end of season one of Stranger Things, we see Will coughing something up in the bathroom. That can't be good. No, can't be. I'm like, and eh, that won't have any consequences. Of, yeah. They probably won't even address that in season two. Of course not. <laughs> so Stranger Things season two kicks off. It is Halloween. It is 1984. As you're often reminded with the Bush and Reagan. Bush and Reagan up for election. Mm -hmm. Mm Re-election. So we're voting for Ronald Reagan in the 80s. Ghostbusters is the new smash hit movie of the year. Arcades are still around. What's an arcade? It's the place where the kids went to go play Dig Dug, where Dustin was checking his high scores. And what's this? His high scores have been dethroned by someone named Mad Max. I actually had to look this up because I didn't quite remember when Mad Max came out. And I was like, ah, this show is too smart with his attention to detail. I'm sure Mad Max came out way before then. This came out in 79. So I was like, okay, all right. Mm -hmm. That's to make sure. They wouldn't make a mistake like that, though. I didn't notice any mistakes. But then again, I was a child in the (laughs) 80s. I wasn't uh, their age. Mm -hmm. Around 84, I was three years old. Oh. Yeah. So Dustin gets really mad at this Mad Max. Mm -hmm. We have to find this Mad Max person. (laughs) With an awesome name like that. Well, their name was Max. Yeah. But we didn't know Mad Max was a girl. If you watch the promos, you knew Mad Max was a girl. (laughs) (laughs) But let's say, for the sake of argument, you didn't know. That was the most unrealistic thing for me. What? Yeah. Yeah. The girls did not play video games in the 80s. Okay. <laughs> it was very, very fringe. Mm. If at all. And no, really. If you, if you like, if you think I'm being sexist or I'm exaggerating here, mm. no. Girls did not play video games in the 80s. <laughs> we looked. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we wanted them to. They didn't. <laughs> so that, but it's fine. I'm not really going to nitpick about that. I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty cool with it. So shit kind of hits the fan pretty quickly in this. Almost immediately. Almost immediately. Mm-hmm. You see Will, who was the kid who was put into the upside down, as they call the... We had yet to, yet to be unexplained kind of side dimension... I was kind of hoping we, we'll go yeah. to that further yeah. on. But yeah. And he's having some... Episodes? Yes, and we'll call them episodes. That's mm-hmm. what they refer to them in the show. They're episodes. Yeah. Where he's experiencing himself in this other dimension. And he's face-to-face with this giant shadow monster. Looming in the distance with a storm rumbling up mm-hmm. up ahead. Which is actually very terrifying. It is quite disturbing. Yeah. Especially considering... After, after at the end of Stranger Things season one, you're left wondering why why does Will actually survive out here? Hmm. How does he manage? You know, yeah. Like because the whole there's this whole side story about Barbara, and you know she was stuck there as well, but she died in there. You know we see we see her uh, rotting corpse off in the side in season one. R.I.P. No, Barbara. Not very. Uh, oof, that was gruesome. That was one of the. Uh few scenes from the first season where I was like, oh, I, this is that type of show, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. So I think this um, 
this kind of answers the question of, for me at least, of why, you know, Will was able to survive in there because some element apparently wanted him to, and that's what I took away from it. Yes. Yeah. You know, they wanted this. Because he was, he was going for quite a while in Upside a Down. A long time. And I don't think a child of his age would have the know-how. Or skill set. Yes. To have the know-how to survive such harsh environments. Yeah. So that that, that so was he, a sticking point for season yeah. one for me. I was like, that seems That didn't okay. seem unrealistic. But now this kind of, that it's kind of like indirectly addresses that little nitpick I had about season one. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Clearly, some element wanted him to get out and assert some sort of control in the other world, in the our world, the world of the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that's the hook for season two. Mm-hmm. Oh, introducing new characters, some old familiar ones. Steve and Nancy are together. Everyone's happy. Or are they? Or are they? My big takeaway from the start of this season was because Will, at the end of season one, Will stepped away from the table as him, his mother, and his brothers having, you know, breakfast and, you know, was like, oh, I'm good, guys, and went to the bathroom and coughed up whatever he coughed up. So I kind of assumed that he didn't want to let his family and friends know what was going on with him. So for them to start season two with him kind of like, being studied, his mom is like, hey, we got to, you know, we have an appointment to go to the doctor today. I was very, like, not relieved about that, but I was kind of taken aback because I, as a kid, you don't want to be prodded and poked, like, endlessly to see what's wrong with you. Right. Especially for a year. Yeah. Apparently he had steady checkups. Yes. Where he was taken out of, paraded out of school, and it's public knowledge that this kid is, you know, well, not really public knowledge what happened. But he was gone for an extended yeah. amount of time, and so, they 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 announced that he was dead. Right, which is why they refer to him as Zombie Boy, mm-hmm. and not in a uh, flattering way. I don't know if you could call somebody a Zombie Boy in a flattering well, way. I'm sure but, you could find a way, you know? All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as you said, he is like, the principal comes up to him and is like, hey, Will, you know, your mom is here, and walk it's like through a, it's, school. It's it's filmed as a parade of shame in an empty yes. hallway. Yes. Yes, and everybody's looking at him with scorn and like not scorn, no, not scorn, but like fear, like aversion. Yes, it's like oh, here's the here's the will kid. Yep, and that scene is one of many that shows the strength of the best character in the show, which is Joyce. We know we know Ryder's character because I'd say I don't I I wouldn't say she's the best character in the show. She is certainly the most well portrayed. So and that's to Winona Ryder's credit. Why I say she's the best character is because well portrayed is another one too. But she is my favorite character because no matter what happens, she believes in her son. I'm used to watching shows where kids are saying like, "Hey, you know, something's wrong with me. Uh, this might be happening," and will pretty much lies to his mom at one point and says like no I'm good I'm good nothing's happening to me and she's yeah. like Will I believe you I don't give a fuck if anybody in this town thinks I'm crazy like even in season one she didn't care she fucking got her Austin Crafts on painted her whole wall yeah she, she was all, she was in on her find, finding her son no matter no what matter no matter who, who thought she was crazy right. and I love that about her mm-hmm. no, no matter who thinks like Will is crazy in school she always comforts him and she knows what to say to him Every single time. Yeah. Well, not even if she don't know what to say to him, she they is have, she, a mom. Yeah. Will and Will and his uh, and, and Joyce have a very strong relationship. Strong mother son relationship. And I, yeah. And, and which is which I find like okay. Oh, my mom does not listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I I find there's a there's a big disconnect between myself and my mother mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I feel like I really can't trust her with a lot. Mm. So seeing that kind of mother son relationship is kind of is kind of strange to me. Okay. Like, yeah. But I think I think know, that's there's why like, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of support. And I think his, yeah. that's why I I love Joyce as a character so much because my mom is that for me. Yeah. She is that support system for mm-hmm. me. Like no matter what, she will always believe me and always have my back right. on something. I'm you know, very. You know, I'm glad Will got a lot of attention in this. Yes. Because he was gone for most of season one. 
He, <laughs> he was not there. I, I mentioned it to me and my fiance watched it. I mentioned it to her saying that, oh, he had the Hawkeye approach. Now, Hawkeye in uh, Avengers was pretty much gone for the whole yeah, movie. Yeah, he's, he's a plot device in season one. Yeah. He's a character in season two. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that was Will in this right. show. And then Mike takes a backseat. To the point where I kind of was thinking back. I was like, man, Mike was kind of shitty this whole show. Not even like a shitty character, but he was just kind was, of... Was, he was just there. He didn't really have much to do. Nothing. But he was like the forefront of season one, so I'm okay. Yeah. You know, he took a backseat to Will. Um, there may have been some... Well, because he was an it, right? Yes. Maybe there was some... Scheduling maybe, conflicts and stuff like the, that. Maybe that had something to do with maybe. it. Maybe. Maybe that had something to do with it. Um, let's, let's, go, let's go down the list of characters while we're, while we're naming them off. Okay. Um, Dustin got a lot of character development and screen time in this. Probably the most... Uh, development of any of the characters on the show. I love Dustin, but he made such a stupid mistake, and we'll get to that later yeah. on. Um, Dustin's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas, I, I, everybody loves Lucas, but I just can't gel with him. Why not? I don't know. Will is the leader. Dustin is the funny dude. Will has Will is Will. He has his thing. Mike is the leader. Mean Mike. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Mike is the leader. Mm-hmm. I can't find Lucas's place in the group. He just feels like angry all the time. And you know, I'm like, they offhanded, they they kind of offhand addressed it. You know, when they were dressed up as the, the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, yeah. You know, let's be honest. You know, ra- racial stereotypes aside, was a thing. He, Lucas is the Winston of this group. Yeah, and I say that because in in Ghostbusters, you know, he wasn't he wasn't the scientist. He just you know, came along. You know, he is not. He's not. D- Dustin's the Egon of the group. Yes. Mike is Mike is the um, Stan. I don't know which one's which one's Vinkman, which one's uh, which one's Stance. I don't know, but Dustin is definitely Eon. Yeah, and, and the, Lucas the is two. Lucas is definitely Winston, if mm. only because he is the most grounded, practically minded of the group. Yeah, you know, I, I will say that about him that he usually usually the stuff he says is the things they should probably do. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, he has that. Reality, it has that grasp on reality. But the thing is, I I always enjoy and love the straight men in any group. Mm -hmm. And much like Egon, he he's not really that that for this group because he 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 more to me comes off as a nag a lot of times. Lucas, yes, but he's right. (laughs) You know, he is. He's right only in that they make really dumb decisions, especially in this season. Yeah. Really terrible, bad decisions, and he, he does kind of overblow things a bit. Yes, yeah, like with that whole speech when he, where, where uh, they told like he he sneaks in the arcade with Maxine. Yeah, and he's like, kind of going on about like this, this, telling you this could have huge ramifications and consequences, and like they're just kids. No one's coming after you, <laughs> but yeah, you know, he doesn't understand that. Yeah, because he is just a kid, and like, he they, see, he sees this big government cover up, and he's like. Wow, like things are, like, and he's and he's seen like this. He's seen fucked up shit in season one. Fucked up shit. Yeah, yeah. So he has that. He has that fear in him. Mm -hmm. Like, like I said, he's a very practical, grounded character. Which and that and that practical fear is part of it. Which frustrates me to no end. This is my biggest gripe with this show: Dustin's decision to keep Dart. Yeah. You you've been through some crazy stuff in season one. You've seen you've literally seen monsters. In season one, and you decide that you're gonna take this weird. He's still. They're still kids. They're still kids, and I think they're the fact that the fa- the, the fact that they're kids mm-hmm. is written into the characters. Like it's like embedded in them. You yeah, know? they they have seen some shit. Yes, but they still they still act like kids. They act like kids who've seen some shit. That's true. So Dustin taking in the thing is like, this thing is harmless. Mm-hmm. Look, it eats my at least my three musketeers. Which is great. I'm gonna keep it as a pet. Yeah. See, it loves me. See? He's, he's thinking, you know, he, lo- he loves the gross, you know, he and, loves the gross shit. And we're, we the, all were boys. We love gross shit. Yeah, he's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> so he keeps it around. He's yeah. like, it makes it, he makes a dumb kid mistake. And, and Mike is still like fawning over his first love. Yeah. He's like, I called you every year. I called you every <laughs> 300. day. 300. Yeah. I was like, emo I'm, Mike I'm is here. Like, yep. That's <laughs> teenager in love. Yep. You know? Lucas is, you know, 
taking everything way too seriously and overreacting with everything. Uh-huh. But as you said, he is right yeah. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Almost every time right. he's right. Um, let's move on to the uh, little bit of older characters. The mm-hmm. um, let's talk about Maxine actually first. The um, I thought she was a good addition to the show, mm-hmm. but I can't really understand what purpose she ended up fulfilling besides being a love interest for Dustin Lucas. slash Lucas. Okay. I'll raise you one better, mm-hmm. and I do not understand why her brother is in the show. That is kind of a... 80s trope? Maybe an 80s trope, but it's more of a... It, it seems like a package with the Maxine character. A little bit. The, the, the reason he's in the show is to force them out of the house. <laughs> Almost literally. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was just they needed a, a villain caricature. Yeah. Caricature. Mm-hmm. Because that was... At first, when you watch season one, you think that's Steve. But Steve is like the bro. Like, he is yeah. the dude. Like, he totally... You, he, he comes around in this show. Ev- yeah. Every single time, you yeah. could always depend on Steve. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and let's... Well, when we got to talk about Steve, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, let's go back to Maxine. Mm-hmm. Um... Like I said, I like the character. She definitely comes across as the everyman for people who haven't seen season one. Mm-hmm. Like if you're jumping into Stranger Things season two, like here's this character you can relate to who knows nothing about what's going on. She is the audience. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, because you theoretically wouldn't be watching season two. It's called it's literally it's not even called Stranger Things. It's like Stranger Things two, two, which yeah. I love by the way. Uh-huh. I love that they did that. Right. But yeah, I guess that is for the audience because you know yeah. it's a popular thing and people don't want to binge watch the first season if they yeah. don't want to. She she's along for the ride. She's a passenger in this trip. Mm-hmm. You know, which as you love like uh, fish out of water tales, I love the passenger along for the ride, like mm-hmm. kind of recounting things because yeah. there's a lot of stuff from season one I actually right. forgot. So I was like, okay, cool, yeah. Thanks for keeping me abreast in this. Yeah, it's another, you know, another well-acted character. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they find these child actors. Let's just say, let's put it out the way, those kids are great. Yeah. 100% great. Mm-hmm. Like, that scene, I, I don't think you were up to an episode yet where Will, um, they found the caverns, and he started mm-hmm. burning the insides, and he yeah. just fucking flipped out. I was like, holy shit. Yep. I felt terror, like, yeah. watching him. Oof. It was, yeah, it was hard to watch. Yeah. That was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. So, moving on to the next one. Mm-hmm. This is very little to actually say about Maxine. Mm-hmm. Uh, L, 11, Jane, whatever you want to call her. Also gone for most of the season. And yeah. Co- and Jane. I, I thought that was an interesting thing that they called. Her real name they, is Jane. They, they, yeah, they determined her real name mm-hmm. in this. Um, I feel like she was just brought back just because she was popular. You know, I mean, like she was just definitively gone at the end of season one. Like, definitively gone. Kind we, of. We had no idea what happened. We, we Yes, yeah. we had no she idea what happened. She seemed to be vaporized. Mm-hmm. You know, with the connection to these kids just totally lost. And then we find out, oh, there she is. Just pops back up. You kind of forget that they sprinkled a little hint that she might be coming back. Because at the end of I had, season you know, one... I had no doubt <laughs> that she'd be back for another. I had no doubt. Yeah. But I think the they kind of hand-waved the explanation off a little bit. It did feel like that. Yeah. Especially when she came from the upside down. I was like, that's... She, this, literally just, she literally just crawled through a hole. Yeah. And I was like, that's it? Yeah. Oh. You didn't go find these kids immediately? Well, she tried. Not very hard. Those, those FBI agents at the house... They weren't going to stay there forever. <laughs> I guess, you know, by the time she's ready to go back, she was found by the... Uh, Hooper. The, yeah, Hooper. Yeah. Chief Hooper. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I... I thought it was very nice that he uh, adopted her. I like that a lot. Yeah. I, or, uh, again, I like... We, we'll go to Hooper mm-hmm. in a bit, but... Um, I... You you cannot have this show without Eleven, I think. Yeah, she's the kind of the marquee character. Yeah, she she is their mage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do all this crazy mystical shit without her. Right. But speaking of the crazy mystical shit, mm-hmm. I was really hoping they'd explain a little bit. They really don't. This this thing, this other place just kind of exists. But I guess that's, you know, knowing more about it would probably cheapen it a bit. That's literally what I said when I finished it. I was like, you know what? 
I would like to know more about it, but I like that I'm asking questions about it more. You know, that would be that would be the case if they gave you questions to ask. Mm. You know, the the focus is mostly on will, the thing possessing will, mm-hmm. and like the dog minions. They really don't give you many questions to add like the the one question the questions i had to ask the questions i had from season one season one which is is this place like updated in real time mm-hmm. from uh what's going on in the actual world like how does this you know why does it exist yeah how does this dimension how does this dimension function mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like a barren wasteland of you know what's happening in the what's called the primary universe mm-hmm. you know so how does they clearly things in the main universe are affecting the things in the upside down. Because there is a scene where they had to put a battery into something that mm-hmm. powered on a th- some the other uh, the upside down and yeah. powered on something in the primary right. universe. So what's good? Like that's the main question I have there mm-hmm. is what is the nature of this connection? So that they didn't really explore that the uh, the other uh, dimension at all. Mm-hmm. And that I guess that's fine. It was more character driven. That that so, is the whole show. Yeah, but that, that there is still this like elephant in the room. Like, hey, this is there's another dimension. So the, <laughs> there's invaders from another dimension here. Kids seemingly having powers is not a question for you. I think that's somehow connected to. That's another one of my questions. So I think see, it's to and it. I'm I'm talking to Michaela, and I'm like. I could have sworn that the Upside Down and these children that have powers, 11 and we find out her sister, Mm -hmm. I forgot her number, 6 or 8 or something like that. Mm -hmm. I thought they were connected somehow. But I think they're exclusive from each other, from what I gathered. They're part of the same, the similar experiment. Okay. Yeah. We see that in in, in season 1, Elle was experimented on. Mm -hmm. In like the same location where the dimensional rift is formed. So yeah, yeah, that, that I have questions, yeah. but most of my questions are holdovers from season one. Yeah, pretty much all my questions are. Because <laughs> besides, even... besides like like how intelligent this shadow monster, it's called the mind flare. It's called the mind flare. I loved when they said that. Yeah, <laughs> like yes, I, I just thought like, like kind of chuckling to myself. Michaela was like, "What?" And I was like, "It's just some D and D shit." Yeah, <laughs> and it looks like it too. Mm-hmm. Well, I, eh, <laughs> artistically, you know. Artistic li- like look, liberties, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The analogy was fine. It was, it was a charming analogy. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're gonna give us a D and D monster every season, sure, Mind Flayer is a good choice. Yep. Um, I want to know how just how intelligent this is. Uh, its motivation, its drive. Does it go from universe to universe, corrupting things? Is that how? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Questions. Yep. Mm-hmm. And L, how is it connected to L at this point? Like, how did, where does she get a telekinesis from? That's that's my big question. Yeah. More than even the upside down. Yeah, I thought the whole plot with the subplot with L, um, kind of having a conflict with Hooper in the uh, in the cabin was good, but then it led to a weird place. Her finding herself yeah. in Pittsburgh. <laughs> It was Illinois. It was Illinois? Okay. Yeah. It was like supposed to be Chicago. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I think. And where are they? Um, They are Indi- Indiana. Some Indiana. Okay. I don't know what city in Indiana. Mm-hmm. I forget, but it's not important. And it's... Hot nice. going. Yeah. Yeah. That seventh episode where she's like with the punks, it felt very really out of place. I think that was the point. Yeah? Yeah. It felt very... Uh, Another '80s movie. It felt very warriors like, mm-hmm. like they try to like emulate the warriors, yeah. and it was like, okay, we're gonna have Elle meet her estranged sister and kind of have her come into like, her own. Yeah, I get it's a um, that's a, it's a story of self self discovery, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like it really connected to everything else or anything else for that matter. Well, it's supposed because, to. Well, the the whole show starts off. With these, with, with those, with those guys in the in the van, mm-hmm. it's, that's how this, that's how the season, that's how season two starts off. Mm-hmm. So we're led to believe that these these are going to be more important characters, and they're really not. That was a bit disappointing. Yeah. 
it, it that show literally starts off with that and then this chick has some like illusionary powers I'm like oh yeah. shit like I thought that, that was the direction the season was gonna take yeah. but instead we got you know extra dimensional monster invader mm-hmm. so the hook was kind of misleading mm. yeah, it's it's fine it turned out okay yeah I like I, li- this. I like the episode yeah. mm-hmm. and she she found a way to not only find herself but find a she's more powerful now yeah. I thought the subplot with um. With uh, Jonathan and Nancy, was a lot more interesting. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Because they kind of like, like okay, they they are you know they visit. Well, Nancy and Steve visit Barbara's parents, and you know they can't tell them the truth. Finally, they just have enough, and it's like, fuck it, we're just gonna like expose these motherfuckers. Which is a weird scene for me, but okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they. They concoct this plan, which I think they intend to, you know, expose themselves in t- like intentionally. I'm going to believe that because yeah, any other way is like, that was kind of dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, how do they know they're being monitored? Whatever. Was it a gamble? Was it not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they took a tape recorder into the, uh, by the way, how were they not searched? In a government fucking facility. Yep. And they were able to, I, there's so many questions. I was like, okay, yep. what? What? A, why is this random man telling him like top seek, top, telling them top secret information? Because they already know it. You know, don't they're, tell, they're don't, already in on it. Mm, you know, I guess that's why. Thanks, Paul Reiser. <laughs> <laughs> like he turned out like that doctor character was like, was he sinister? Was he not? He turned out to be pretty cool. He's all right. Yeah, like, I got a good vibe off of him. Especially by the ending. Yeah, I you know. When it went into, down into the you know secret lab kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, we're not supposed to trust him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on, it's like, okay, you're cool. Yeah, <laughs> I will not have that boy yeah. die. I'm like, all right, you're you're on our side. Yeah, he's he's a good, he's a good, you're a good guy. Yeah, he's good, <laughs> he's good. But yeah, uh, Nancy's and uh, Nancy and Jonathan's relationship, I didn't like that. I like the way it was explored. I really because they had this friction in season one, mm-hmm. you know, and there was some, you know, minor breakage apart of Steve and Nancy. You know, they were kind of like a hot young couple in yeah. season one, and Steve was kind of a douchebag. But then he he became you know, my boy. He, he was he became endearing towards the end. So I'm like, yeah, okay, thumbs up for these guys. But you knew there was this. This, a little thing. This triangle going on with Jonathan. And, and the guy they had met, I forgot his name, the reporter, um, the investigator. Theorist? Yes. Yeah. He said something that I thought was important where he was like, you know what? There's something here between you two because you both have some... You, pain brings you guys together. You shared trauma. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I see where they're going with this. Yeah. I'm not mad that they went there, but I honestly like Steve. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to see Steve get disappointed because he was kind of shit on, pretty much the whole season. Yeah, but he took it in stride. You yeah, know? he like. All right, we're going to Steve now. Yeah, because yeah. I want to talk about Steve. I really like Steve in this because he turned out to be pretty cool. You know, he took. You know, he's breaking up. He's breaking up with his girlfriend. He took it in stride. He's, he's like, he's, he's hey, like, you know what? He's oh, she don't love me. Whatever, go be with Jonathan. I'm like. That's pretty mature of For you. a high schooler, yeah. sir. A, a big old jock like you. I, like, I mean, like I see him at the end and he's pining over Nancy. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. And he like cross like a little bit of a smile. But he's like, happy for her. Yeah. And I was like, I'm like that's pretty mature Steve, of you. Steve, I like you even more now. He's like, esc- like escorting these kids around. He like he's the babysitter. In, runs into Dustin and he's like, okay, let's go. Well, and Dustin, they, like, comes to him, I think, right? He, well, no, Steve no. goes to um, Nancy and Mike's right, goes, house. Dustin goes to see Mike. Which right. is probably one of my favorite scenes in the yeah. whole fucking show. <laughs> Dustin goes to see Mike. Mike is not there. He speaks to the father. Speaks to the, yeah. He's like, he's like, do you know anything? Jesus, son of a bitch. You're fucking useless. <laughs> and I'm like. And then Steve <laughs> shows up to see Nancy. Yeah. And Dustin's like. Let's go do some shit. This, this fuck shit. We're going to have a weird little let's romance go, going go, on. Let's go drop some meat in the forest. <laughs> Don't got, ask any questions. You got your bat with you? Good. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. do this. I, th- 
And there was like this bonding between them. Those, that was really good. That is my. F- this show, the show does this thing where like they have their char- they have the characters separate from one another. Then they kind of like put two and two together. Yeah. That is my favorite pairing, by far. Mm-hmm. Dustin and Steve. I am. You know, I was very relieved. Speaking of uh, going back to Dustin again, mm-hmm. I'm very relieved that when uh, they decided to put Lucas and Maxine together, that Dustin didn't hold a grudge. I was I was pretty concerned that they like would just play go that full full on the group friction you know schism thing going on you know yeah. I was concerned about that which but, they, they touched on it for a very small yeah it did bit. it did and, look pretty harsh for a while yeah uh, and in the at the last episode we're at the dance you know Dustin like his glance like yeah I guess I'm happy for Lucas but I wish yeah you know, felt bad for my boy I, yeah. Let me go look like one of the Thompson twins. For me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Steve was, and he had this. Um, yeah, he he matured, I guess, mm-hmm. in a very uncharacteristic yeah, way. Characteristic is a good word for it mm. compared to him in season one. But he wasn't yeah. even bad in season one. No, he he no. was just kind of angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jonathan is still awkward. That's his, yeah, that's his character. Was, yeah. But I, there's definitely good... There's good chemistry between him and uh, Nancy. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they got that little conspiracy theory plot. I'm glad that actually ha- like went somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. whole... Th- what they went there to do, I'm glad happened. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that, whole, that whole scene where they're talking about how they get this information out. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Yes. Like, that that's actually... That's very, exactly how you fucking do it. Yeah. You do not scare the masses because these people are too powerful and they will be like, nah, they're wrong. And like, yeah, they're, they, people don't want to hear scary shit. Yeah. So when you when you soften it, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, man, oh, fuck. Yep. You get, it's easily digestible. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that a lot. Yeah. That, that was, was a good, that was a good mm-hmm. um, realization moment. Yeah. Want to touch on another character? What we got? Who else is Who else do we not talk about? Max's brother. No, I know who we didn't talk about. Who? Bob. How did we forget Sam? We can't forget Bob. We have not mentioned Bob since we started talking, but that that and that kind of says yeah. <laughs> it kind of speaks to the character because he's very unassuming. Not only that. Yeah. You kind of know his fate from the beginning. <laughs> Immediately as he's like introduced as Joyce's love interest, I was like... I'm like, this is not going to last. Bob's dead. <laughs> hey, y'all. Bob's dead. But, wow, what a what a send-off they gave him. I knew Bob... The, the instant I knew Bob was dead. Mm. And I'm pretty sure you know. Like, you called it when you first, when you first introduced, right? Mm-hmm. But there was a there was a cement moment. Yeah, there was like a just you you can literally see the frame where it was <laughs> happening. Like he, he's running away from this, he's running out of the facility, closes the door. <gasps> what does he do? Look and stops and look stops, at Joyce. Turns around and <laughs> smiles. And I was I'm like, like oh. <laughs> Bob. Like after after he was like that was an amazingly heroic. Send off, like, yeah, but not even that. He had so many. Like Bob is, and then later, and then after that, it's like, yeah, he was really influential to everybody. <laughs> not even to everybody, but like he he came up with the plan to see how mm-hmm. Will Scribble was a map. Yeah, he told Joyce how to work a camera. He 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 was the doer of that show. Yeah, and it bummed me out that he just bit it like that. Yeah, I was like, ah. Uh. But the moment I knew was when. Uh, Hooper comes to Joyce's house and he's talking to her and he's like, you know, well, you know about Will, and you kind of go back into that past when they were in school and they're like, oh, remember we used to smoke like this when you know under the stairs in third period or whatever, and the teacher used to come and blah, like blah, I blah. took that as a clue that they're just not gonna this relationship is not gonna last. What you know, relationship? The, the between Joyce and Bob. That's it. That's the moment where I was like, I didn't, I didn't, say, I didn't call him being. No, I dying off. That I, beca- I called like Bob being like okay, you know, being brushed aside. No, as, you know this unassuming guy. Who- you want to know why? Because what was his? What did he tell Joyce that he wants to do with her and her family, her and the two boys? What did he say? He he wants to move them out of that town. Uh, when I heard that, and 
with coupled with Hooper going to Joyce and saying like, "Hey, you know, that kind of chemistry." Yeah, because the only like, direction that could have gone is Gene Kildare. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I see your I see your logic, but like, not every not every character has to die. I honestly thought one of the kids was gonna go. Really? That that was my bold prediction at the start. Mm. I'm like, I thought, and I thought it was gonna be Maxine. Because no way. I'm like, why else would they introduce this character? To kill a character we don't care about that yeah. much? <laughs> nah, they, nah, they wouldn't do that. Well, I guess not, but I think it would have. Um, I think it would have given the brother. I thought it would give the brother character more motivation. Mm. For like something else, like some at least some. Because uh, he doesn't care about her at all. He hates her. So I think if they killed off Maxine, that probably would have allowed them to go in an interesting place with it. Maybe you know. So that, that was that didn't happen. So it's pointless to talk about. I guess we could talk about him. He's a douchebag. Big old douchebag. Yeah. He's the fucking villain. He's yeah. villain with a capital so, V and a yeah. fucking mustache. Yep. <laughs> like with literal. <laughs> oh, that mustache so eighties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what? I do hope they go with this. What? <laughs> year after year. Next year will be the Back to the Future. You know that, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. I hope he has dealings with Mike's mom. Oh, they, they did kind of like that little uh, where she's in the tub reading the romance novel. Yeah, and, and Fabio, and then he comes to the door with his shirt open. Yep. Like I was like, okay. That's I, not going to go anywhere. That's just not, him buttering her. Yeah, own, I know, know but yeah. I would think that'd be pretty. Because if that is a piece of shit, yeah. he's, he's terrible. Yeah, 1984 honestly feels like a character in this movie. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you... you you kind of can't have the show without that that set piece. I really, you don't even need the show to be set in the '80s. Just a small town mystery. Yeah. No. But like no. The um, cell phones ruin everything. Yeah. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, we got to talk to somebody. Hey, get over here quickly! Like you, you have travel between characters where they have to like talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm totally happy that it, would, it wouldn't have completely broken it no. apart. But you know, that's it's fine, and it's you know the '80s is a very charming setting with excellent, excellent music. Mm-hmm. You know, and it you know, it's it's kind of weird because like I see these I see these kids and I see these kids and I see them in the '80s in the show. You know, but I have to wonder. You know, I look at these. Like, how much of this stuff do they actually really know? I'm you know? sure none because of this, it. this, yeah, because <laughs> this is the kind of like I look at this and I'm like, oh yeah, this is what I did when I was a kid. Of course, of course, these kids are gonna act like this. <laughs> of course, they are. You know, I'm, but like I'm, here, like think, I'm thinking about like, wait, what does he know about Dig Dog? I'm sure the the, the Duffer Brothers, right? <laughs> like why? Was the Duffer Brothers, right? Yeah. There, right. I'm sure they told them. I'm every sure they single, did. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, sure they did. But I was. Like, I was born in the late 80s, and I know nothing about this stuff. I'm sitting there, I'm like, of course, you know, like, you know, one of, the, one of them has to be Egon, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Arguing about who the best Ghostbuster is. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, we did that. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> they that, Yeah, that's, that's something the kids argue about, right? Even now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I felt sucked in. Yeah. You know? It was, it was, it was nice. Yeah. To think about that. Especially considering like watching uh, watching Joyce knit that Ghostbusters costume together, I'm like, oh, good memories. Oh yeah, it did. I've seen I've seen your picture yeah. before. <laughs> <laughs> and they show up to school just the Ghostbusters. Nobody else dressed up, and nobody cared. Although you know, <laughs> they made fun of them. But if they did that shit today, they'd be heroes. Ah uh, yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they they didn't really get made fun of. They got, they got giggled at maybe, but I'm I'm talking about at least from the '90s. Like kids used to be relentless, so yeah. I, can, I can only imagine the '80s. You come to school just as ghost, Ghostbusters, and mm-hmm. you're already like they're the outcast. Yeah. Well, if you dress up as like Ghostbusters in the '90s, like what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, Ghostbusters is cool, but you know, not going to school just yeah. as Ghostbusters, <laughs> and you're the only person, only um, kids. No. Dressed up. I mean, if everyone was dressed up in a Halloween costume. Yeah, that's fine. I, listen, you can dress up as a Ghostbuster during any Halloween to be cool. Oh, Any yes. Halloween to be cool. But not when nobody else is not dressed when up. No one else is dressed <laughs> up. <laughs> in 1984, you can get away with it. <laughs> uh, so what are your thoughts on the show overall? I thought it was weaker than season one. Hmm. Uh, if only because it seemed uh, 
to have less of a focus. Um, well, the, the, the focus was the same. Focus was Will. Focus, the focus in season one was Will, and he was gone. Mm-hmm. And this one, he was just present for it. But still kind of gone. Still kind of <laughs> yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Will wasn't Will. No. Will, for a majority of the, yeah. the show. Yeah. I mean, Will was being... I don't want to say... Not possessed, but... He was possessed. It's not really It's not really a full possession. It's more of an... More of an occupation. You know? A parasite. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. That's a... One of my favorite scenes is... Like um, a psionic parasite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes is when he wakes up after, you know, them torching the underground and he doesn't remember Hooper, the doctor, and somebody else. Yeah, they don't, re- they don't really explain that. And I, th- I my head canon is that the entity is kind of... Because they, ca- they keep calling, referring to things as his now memories. Yes. So I'm like, okay, this entity is just rewriting his memories. Which I think is a very good term. Yeah. I was like, that's an awesome term, now memories. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense in, in the case that he was going through. But the scene where, like, Joyce, like, he's, he killed the guards. He sent the guards down to their death. Yeah. And Joyce comes up to him and is like, Will, who am I? And that fraction of a second, he, he, he thought for a bit and said, Mom. And she was like, that's not my boy. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> drug him. I was like, yep. Fucking Joyce knows. <laughs> yep. Um, I think I maybe liked it more than season one. It definitely had more of character development. Yeah. You know, and that was really that was really nice. It was good to see the kids featured more individually. That's that's kind of why I like it more because yeah. you see their strength apart, but and then. And the ending when everybody came together, yeah. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" The, the the ending of the dance was a very happy ending. On yeah, oh, especially except, on the note that except for Dustin, like I felt like I you know I, that that's me. Eh. You know that's that's you know. And then I was like, I was like, Nancy, don't do that to Dustin. Don't do that. No, you do that to Dustin because she's one hundred percent right. Dustin is that kid that when he blossom. You know the thing about you know why I love Dustin. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying. I, I know. I, yeah, I yeah, understand. I'm, I'm like, oh, that's gonna like that's not gonna make him feel good. <laughs> Is the prettiest girl in the school? Yeah. She's older and prettier. That's mm-hmm. all you wanted as a kid. Yeah. But why I like Dustin and, and the kids to uh, another extent. Dustin know who he is already, which is awesome. Yeah. As a kid, you're like, man, I kind of gotta hide what I like and like, you know, this is kind of nerdy. People don't like it. Dustin don't give a fuck about don't that. Give a fuck. He's like, yo, I like this shit. I'm fucking cool. What up? Yeah. And <laughs> like, this is this way. <laughs> you know, call him this. <laughs> <laughs> and she was right in saying that you know what when you get girls are stupid now when mm-hmm. you get older they're gonna see who you are and they're gonna like you and I think that was a better send off than him just dancing with a random girl yeah absolutely so I was like you're yeah right. you're right about that I was like fucking yeah I definitely felt like I thought the reunion of Mike and L was very nice you yeah know, I felt that yeah you know I, I felt that because you know that relationship from season one. They don't need to go into any further, you know? And that whole absence makes the heart grow fonder mm-hmm. thing. So by the time they're dancing in the gymnasium, they know that last scene. I'm like, that is like that is real. Yeah. Like these are just kids. But that is that is that is something real. Yeah. You know? And I kind of like that, that this is why I like the Maxine character was kind of like introduced as kind of like a love interest. Mm-hmm. For Lucas, because, or maybe it's like given it's something for Lucas to showcase his own story. You know, yes, like that's like and Maxine is kind of an extension for the Lucas character mm-hmm. here. Um, that's exactly what she feels like. Yeah, and they have a nice relationship that comes from like you know an interesting way of opening up to each other. I don't see it. Yeah. It doesn't really feel forced, mm-hmm. but you know they're like at one point they're like talking about how they approach her, and then the next thing they're just approaching her, mm-hmm. and they just keep going on and on and on and on, and like suddenly they're like, okay, they're not afraid to approach her anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know. And then she doesn't seem to want be want a part of it, but then she's like, yeah, okay, I'm let me, in. Let me come through. 
And, like, Lucas slowly opens up to her, and then it sort of works out for them. And she does the same. Yeah. With that scene on top of the bus. And mm-hmm. she was like, you know, I don't even know why I'm saying this to you. Yeah. I was like, I, I buy that. Mm-hmm. I see that. Yeah. But, um, I thoroughly enjoyed the w- show. Will getting the girl was kind of, like, weird. Little... That was weird. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. Hey, zombie boy, can I dance with you? It's like, what? I'm like, that. she had to do that on a dare. Oh, I don't want to think about that. That bums me out now. <laughs> Maybe morbid curiosity. Maybe she's like, you know, like, oh, this kid, th- this kid is popular for a reason. Let me dance with him. Mm. You know, something like that. You know. Do you see season? Okay, so should we talk about the stinger at the end? It's not much of a stinger, but it's there. I hate it. Why? Because it just felt like they just needed to put that just to let people know that there was a season three coming. Mm-hmm. It felt like it didn't really serve a purpose other than to let you know, like I said, that season three was coming. Yeah. And I was like, like, uh, the, like, it's more of a, not really season three is coming, but like, we're not done with this yet. I, yeah, I guess. I just, yeah. the, the, the stinger at the end of season one, I liked a lot because I was like, oh. There's going to be some consequences. I thought this. it was a self-contained story until I saw that. And I was like, oh, shit. It's going to continue this. Yeah. That's not good at all. Mm-hmm. That's pretty big to come right. out of your mouth, boy. By the same token, though, this thing is clearly some sort of powerful entity. Able to. And where did it go? Because remember, did it, did it really go anywhere? Mm. Like, how did it how did it manifest itself inside of Will from like this? I like the way they explained that, by the way, where like Will, what was happening with Will, whereas like you know, this one slide is the real world, once like a projector. Yes, like, like it's in between. Yes, I'm like that's because like well, that's, that's really that's really clear. Be, like, it gives you a clear image of what's well, happening. Well, it's, it's clear. It's clear if you ever use a, <laughs> a, project, yeah, a slide projector, <laughs> and, it, and it did exactly that. And I was like, yeah, I know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> See, you get it. Yeah. So this thing has like this thing has like actual real power, and it's like influence over. It's a hive mind. It could actually be a hi- like a hive mind of like. It could be the will of the universe. We don't know. We don't know. All we know is that it's big and it's powerful and mm-hmm. has some, some clearly some psionic connection abilities like mm-hmm. expands them that crosses dimensions. Yeah, you know, which is fucking scary. Yeah. Can we just go back real quick mm-hmm. and uh, speak about the advice that Bob tells Will? Yeah. Man, that was bad advice. He thought, it, I know, his, you know, his it, heart was in a good place, and he didn't know any better, but holy shit, that was bad advice. Well, it was. it's not bad advice if you're talking about what he was talking about. You're not talking about a nightmare. You're talking about fit, extra-dimensional it, super being. Yeah. You know? He ain't going to be like, <laughs> like oh. Like, he's not going to back down because some kid is yelling at him. I, I watched the episode before bed, and that kind of unsettled me. It was very unsettling. Watch, like, like, him screaming. Like this is just going on. Yeah. Like he, like he's just entering every orifice. <laughs> I was, and like, it's like this humongous thing is fitting inside of. Uh huh. Think about that. And I, and I thought, I, I thought this was like purely mental. Like, well, it's gonna have like mental consequences, but it like affected him like physically. Yes. Too. Maybe like not physically, but physiologically. This is why. My hope for season three is that there's a sort of time skip, not too much years, but like like early '90s, where you see Will. Don't have to wait a few years for the character. Well, to, yeah, the actors to age, and um, he has to be scarred from all this. No matter yeah. what you say, no matter how good things are, mm-hmm. he was like had a symbiotic relationship with. Like, we don't di- even fucking things are know. Different now. At, he he's yeah. feeling he felt an other being in his body mm-hmm. that has to fuck you up as a and, going for very alien entity of that yeah. literally almost yeah. an alien yeah. like that has to fuck you up going forward yeah. and I want to see the repercussions to his oh you'll see it oh Del Del like you you see you see it from from yeah. season one mm-hmm. you know it's there like from from yeah. his character even in a normal space I, I man I. You'll see it. Yeah. That'll be that'll be a that'll be a thing. That'll be a thing. There's like plenty of fallout from. The, well, okay, like, with the exception of Bob dying, this this like is kind of consequence free. Yeah, 
you know, everyone gets a really happy ending. Like L gets, you know, to be a L gets to be an actual person mm-hmm. with an actual birth certificate. Yeah, you know, to his to her adoptive father, and Hooper, and yeah, they all dance at the end, like dance. an '80s movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess that's probably my biggest. Uh, critique with the show that is it is consequence free. Yeah, everybody walks away happy as of right now, and as you said, other than Bob dying, no, it was a very satisfying. Everybody walked out at the end, yay! Yeah. And I'm not saying I want like kids to die or anything like that, but you know, just yeah. they they jumped down in no no not not at all, but they jumped down in that tunnel without any like face masks, breathing in those toxins. That can't be good. Sort of the, uh, sort of the ho- sort of Hooper. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> until he, until that thing sneezed on him, and he's like, "Oh no, I gotta cut my fucking mouth." <laughs> you should have did that for me. You should first of all. Well, they kind of addressed that, like Dustin was freaking out, but like this is okay. This is harmless. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Yep. Um, I thought some things went in directions that didn't need to go. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, this is more. This is this was more of a like an individual character exploration. Yeah, where C- C- season one was uh, laser focused on yeah. like one primary goal. This had this did it branches. This did a Game of Thrones thing where it was telling different stories, yeah. and then everything like connected connected together by the mm-hmm. end. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm not a lot of shows could juggle that much balls like you know properly, but this show I think handled it well. Yeah, and I was like, I'm well. fine. I'm fine yeah, with, yeah with some hiccups. Yeah, yeah there, of course. Right? No show's perfect. Right. Like, I, I get the feeling there were some rewrites. Probably. Yeah. Which which, which would explain, like... The L post. coming back, maybe? No, L was... Uh, L wasn't going away. Mm. L was coming back. That was almost certain. Mm. Or maybe... Maybe it wasn't, actually. Maybe they didn't realize how popular the character would be. Yeah. Maybe they didn't realize that. And they kind of need their, their magic MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> like, how else are they going to... You know, shut this thing down. Yep. Clearly, they need her. Yeah, going for it, especially. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they got next in store. I'm pretty sure next Halloween will be maybe. Yeah, would you still would you feel nostalgic for the '90s? Some things about it, you know, <laughs> like I grew I grew up in the '80s and then I became a teenager in the '90s. Mm-hmm. So you hated so everything. I don't, yeah, I don't really remember <laughs> the '90s very fondly. Okay. You know, but there are things about the '90s that would be nostalgic for. Okay. Yeah. But I, you know, they're not going to the '90s. Like I said, next year's Back to the Future year. Yeah, they're not going to skip that. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> that be, that will be the overarching thing. Like the Ghostbusters in this one. You know, Dustin's is Doc, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> you'll, you'll get some money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. For listening to episode six of the forty two oh five spoiler cast featuring Stranger Things season mm-hmm. two and you know, season one as well. Because yeah. you can't talk about season two without talking about season one. We hope you watch season one before listening to this. I hope you did too. <laughs> <laughs> hope you watch season two before listening to this. Yeah, you know, Bob dies in the end. No. <laughs> Everybody's happy. No, yeah. Shadow Monster's still alive. Mind flare. Mind flare. Mind flare. Fucking love that. Illithids. <laughs> Scary, yeah. Shits are tough. Um, <laughs> that is probably the toughest enemy in Demon Souls. <laughs> so immediately when he said that, I, I just had like a PTSD, like <gasps> the Mind Flayer. Shit, <laughs> that kills like, you one more, shot. Like that's poor shit in Dungeons and Dragons you can fight, but like level for level, Mind Flayer will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> As it did in this show. As it did in this show. So yep. That, mm-hmm. So that was Stranger Things. All right, stay tuned, everybody. More to come. All right, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Theo. All right. 4205 spoiler cast off.